Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Hour number two of our broadcast. Welcome back. I'm Bill Shanks. Thank you very much for joining us here on this Monday. Next segment, Brent Beard will join us from First Coast News. We'll ask him if Alabama can find an offensive coordinator. They're just dropping like flies over there in Tuscaloosa. And then we'll take your phone calls. Right now, let's talk a variety of topics with our good friend David Johnston. He is the co-host of the morning show with David Johnston on 960 The Ref in Athens Town. And you'll also hear him on these frequencies, except in Brunswick, for Georgia Baseball with Mr. Jeff Dantzler. Jeff and David have been doing Georgia Baseball for how many years will this be? Do you know? 135, I believe. For 135 years, they have set a record. <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's some kind of, um, let's see, our first season together was Coach Polk's first season. Oh, wow. So, we're going all the way back. So, we went all through the Perno years. Uh, obviously, it's Coach Strickland. And uh, so, Coach Polk was two years, so I guess two the 99-2000, and then Coach Polk's second year was the 2000-2001. Right. The dogs went to the College World Series. So, uh, however many years. So, is, is that 25 century. or 26? I guess it depends on, let's see, you'd call the, the, the 90. So, from 2000 to, this will be 24. Would that be 20, Would this be 25 I think, years? I think it will be 26. Or am I leaving one out? Because, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not good at math. Um, but yeah, I think this, this will be the 26th uh, year. I think last year was 25. So, God, y'all have been doing together for 25 years. Holy crap, that's kind of a big deal, isn't it? I mean, going all the way back to Jeff Keppinger, uh, you know, wow. with the big home run to send the dogs. Well, the, you know, the whole that whole weekend against Coastal Carolina, and then finishing things off, you know, in the Super. That was just in the regional. I think over the years, a lot of folks think that was the super regional it was actually just uh, the last day of a regional and georgia still had to be florida state the next weekend to uh, to get to omaha but yeah it's been, it's That's been a awesome. lot of years and you know i love jeff and uh, i couldn't think of now if, i couldn't think of anyone else i would would rather be doing it with now you'd be you'd be fine uh but, yeah, i'd be uh, better than jeff i mean give me a break, a break. <laughs> i'll leave you out uh, but no, you know, and uh, we just we we finish each other's thoughts. We just you know, oh, been yeah. great friends for a long time, and uh, you know, it's I I love it, and he loves it, and um, we are uh, you know looking forward to another season, a new beginning, as uh, yes. as everybody's throwing out here with uh, with Coach Johnson, and, and looking forward to to working with him, and he's been great so far, and uh, just can't wait to get things going. Well, we are so thrilled to, to be able to air the Georgia games, except for obviously well, Blackshear and, and Brunswick, and, and love to have you and, and, and Jeff on as many times as we can before the Braves start. And, of course, we work around it as best we can. Chris Rogers does a great job of kind of making it all fit together because I, I, I love for it. I mean, we've got you guys on Sunday uh, for the finale of that series. And then we've got the yep. Braves on next Saturday. So, I mean, baseball's here, which is, which is great. And I, I'm just 
look, I'm indebted to you and Jeff for holding down the fort for me and Brooks Melchior. I mean, it's been so long since we did it, and I'm just, you know, grateful y'all took over and stood in for us. But no, y'all are y'all are great. And the great thing about what you two do is, of course, you involve the social media to get people involved and to let everybody tell you where they're listing from and people love that it reminds me of what ernie and pete and skip used to do on braze broadcast back in the day uh and you know when they would say oh bill shanks from waycross is listening on wayx in waycross and all that kind of stuff so y'all uh y'all personalize it which is great and people love that and uh, and hopefully the product's going to be better this year i mean it's going to take a while before we know, right, David? Because they've got a lot, not only a new coach, obviously, but they've got a lot of new players on this team with a lot of transfers in. I mean, can you sit here and, and definitively say, yeah, they're going to be this good or they're not? I mean, it's, it's, we've got to kind of learn as we go for a while, don't we, with this group? Yeah, and you're absolutely right, uh, Bill. And that's the thing, because I – People will come and say, you know, how do you feel about the dogs this year? You know, what are they going to do this year? And, and uh, you know, what are your expectations? And and I'm I'm just a little bit um, I don't know if it's hesitant because that's not what I that's not what I mean when I say hesitant. But you've got all these newcomers and you've got a lot of I mean I think it's like 17 transfers and 10 freshmen. I think that's what it is. Wow. So you're looking at you know almost 30 new faces, uh. and I like you know obviously you know building around Charlie Condon is going to be big for the Bulldogs. Having him come back was gigantic, and I I do like what I see with some of the transfers with some of the new faces on the pitching staff. But what I always tell people is it's like you know what what do you think? And I say I don't know because. I don't know how the other teams yeah. have, um, you know, have basically dealt with their roster issues over the over the last year. <clears throat> and I don't mean issues, you know, just changes because sure. that's, now with NIL and the portal and all that stuff, it's just it's constantly changing. And um, I like what Coach Johnson has done. I think he's fantastic. He's built a great staff. There is certainly uh, again a lot of uh, building blocks to come back on. But in case, uh, in case we don't want to forget, the SEC is pretty dadgum tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, top to bottom, there's just not any easy outs. And the thing is, I like Coach Strickland a lot. And he did a lot of really good things. There's just sometimes, you know, you just <clears throat> you feel like maybe it's just it's, there's a little something here, a little something there that might need just a, a, a tweak here, a tweak there, or a new beginning here, a new beginning there. Coach Strickland is a—he's a really good coach. I think Coach Johnson is a is a terrific coach. And Georgia, as far as what we've had on the field the last few years, I mean, leading up to the COVID, things were really, really good. Afterwards, it wasn't like it was bad. It was—it just wasn't—you know—it just felt like there seemed there could have been a little bit more. I mean, the dogs did make a regional a couple of years ago, and then this past year, it just uh, it kind of fizzled out. So. Uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what Coach Johnson's going to do. Obviously, the resume speaks for itself. With all the pitching he's done, he's been a big league pitching coach. You know, he had that uh, LSU uh, team last year that uh, won the College World Series, Paul Skeens. I think uh, one of the things I'm kind of looking forward to seeing, I'm interested in seeing, is not necessarily one particular pitcher, but just 
how they basically just, uh, you know, are they going to throw harder? You know, what's the, yeah. the mile per hour going to look yeah. like? Bill, is, um, you know, what's the difference between 90 and 92 or 90 and 93? Well, you can say, well, two or three miles an hour, but that's gigantic. Yeah, and are we going to see that with uh, you know with several of these pitchers, and then the ones that already throw hard, can they can they harness it? So I know I've just given you a long, long, long winded answer to a semi short question, but that's that's kind of the way it is right now, and and we'll just have to see when these guys get out on the field, you know, when there's actually another team that's in the dugout, you know, instead of having a split squad scrimmage, and you've got uh, you know just all a, a, a bunch of fans in the stands, so. I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm excited. I you know, the, the, the pitching is too. the pitching is the one thing I'm really curious about. Obviously, Coach Coach Johnson is a pitching coach. When we this is a pitching coach who left a major league team in the middle of a major league baseball season to go back to the college ranks, which is unheard of. David, we never have heard of that in our in our lifetime. I don't think, and. Georgia's pitching has been a problem. I mean, a couple years ago, how many years ago was it? The team ERA was like 5.6 or it was awful. And, uh, you know, so, uh, of course, we got to see what's all around Charlie Condon, but we know we're going to have one of the best offensive players in college baseball this year with him. But if that pitching makes a a big leap, that's, I think, my curiosity of of how that's going to go. Now, from a personnel standpoint, has he brought in – the transfers and the freshmen to 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 pique our interest with this type of, of improvement in your opinion? Well, I mean, we tried to get him to bring to tell Skeens not to go in the draft and come to Georgia for a year, but <laughs> okay. he said he wasn't able to uh <laughs> said he wasn't able to get him to do that. I said, Well coach, then the, what good are you? Uh, but uh, you know <laughs> we tried to get him to get Dylan Cruz to come to, to ask <laughs> No kidding. We couldn't get him My to God. do that either. No, but all joking aside, he's brought in some guys that are going to be at least interesting. I know, he, you know we're coming back with uh, Leighton Finley and Charlie Goldstein, and these are a couple of guys that have you know, pitched a decent amount. I mean, Finley was a freshman last year, but pitched in some high-leverage situations. It sounds like maybe on Sunday we're going to see a, a George Mason transfer and Christian Maragna, who is going to be George's uh, – you know, Sunday starter. I know there's a guy from Georgia Southern, Zach Harris, uh, a guy that uh, out of college in Charleston, Daniel Patisak, who actually pitched in the uh, the World Baseball Classic. Oh wow! Uh, one of the European countries. Really? Wow! So if you know, if nothing else, that gives you some interesting experience. There's some other guys out there uh, that are you know that we're going to see how they fit into the uh, into the bullpen. But again, with Coach Johnson's pedigree and what he's been able to do, I'm very excited to see what some of these guys will be able to do to make that jump. But again, right now it's just it, it's really hard to say with uh, all yeah. these newcomers. I've seen a couple of practices, went to uh, one of the the games in the fall when they played Kennesaw, but I just you know, I, I want to see more of this, and it's it's just hard to know with you got so many new faces right now, and I I hate it too because it's it's just. I get the portal. I get NIL. This is not me getting preachy about this, but it just makes it so hard to keep up with. And it's funny, and you can probably relate to this a little bit being in Macon. So I grew up in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Right. And um, we had the Spartanburg Phillies every summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love going to Duncan Park, and I love seeing the minor league baseball players and all that stuff. 
but at, and I would tell my dad would say, well, you know, don't get used to them because it's going to be a whole new team next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's like these guys don't want to come back to Spartanburg, which is a, that's a joke in itself, I guess. It's like <laughs> these guys, these guys, you know, don't want to be here next year. They want to progress. And it's almost it's it's kind of weird how like college athletics is starting to get that yep. way with so many transfers and 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 so much stuff going on that you don't recognize as many faces from the basketball team as many yeah. faces from the baseball team and that kind of thing and yeah. that's that's kind of what it is right now. So these guys that are here, you know, I'm 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 excited about seeing what they can do and uh, you know still got to learn them. You got. Sure. 27 new faces. That's a lot. That's crazy. It is. David yeah. Johnson, our guest, the uh, host of the morning show on 960 The Ref, and also one of the two voices of Georgia baseball with our own Jeff Danzler that you can hear all throughout the spring here on the Superstations. Charlie Condon, obviously a, a great player. Um, he has a chance, I guess, with another great season to really kind of go into the upper echelon of, of UGA talents offensively, doesn't he? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, it's uh it's pretty crazy to to think what he did last year with the uh, the 25 home runs, one of the best players not in just the SEC, but in the entire country, you know, getting a lot of uh preseason love as he certainly should be right now. Uh could be a very high pick in the draft, you know, with some of these these newcomers in the lineup and again, here we go with all the uh the new faces and the uh the new guys that are on the team, and can he get some some protection in the lineup behind him? And, uh-huh. and we had a uh, a very 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 good player behind him, or you know, that was in the lineup with him last year in Connor Tate, and they were quite the uh, quite the tandem. I think there was at one point in the season last year, Georgia didn't have a three hundred hitter because Condon and Tate were hitting four hundred or above, and then no one else <laughs> was hitting three hundred. Wow. So that's how that's how good those guys were, and um, you know, that you know who's going to be the guy that can kind of help out uh, help out Condon in the uh, in the lineup, and that's one of those things we're excited to see. Again, transfers coming in, guys that have seen pitching from um, you know uh, big conferences, uh, and. And there's going to be some moving, you know, shuffling the lineup around a little bit to see who fits where, all that kind of stuff. But I'm, um, you know, pretty. I feel really good that we're going to see Condon just come out and have another, another big year. And the only way, you know, he may, it's, it, it may almost be like uh, who was the guy from uh, Clemson? Um, Seth Beer. Seth Beer, and he started out his, his like freshman and sophomore years. He was. Mm. putting up these incredible numbers. And then they kind of dropped off a little bit. And the reason was is because he didn't see any pitches. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden his, you know, his on-base percentage and his walks were still through the roof, but weren't as many home runs. There weren't as many RBIs, that kind of thing. And, I, and I'm wondering if Charlie might have a little mm-hmm. bit of a season like that where he's still going to be mega productive. Can he get to 25 home runs? And if he, if he doesn't, it's because – the way he gets pitched to, I think that's that's the only thing that would keep him from that, and um, he's just one of those special players. I and just looked way, up. Bill, I just looked he's up. A great a, bull. He's a great guy too. Uh, loves the dogs. Always has a great bulldog great. family. 
That's great. I just looked up while we were talking about him there, uh, three mock drafts, just to let people know how highly rated of a prospect this young man is. Of the three mock drafts I looked up, two had him going third, one had him going fourth, and I brought up a fourth one, and this one had him going fifth. So we're talking about, a as the season starts, a consensus potential top five draft pick here, and and – When's the last time Georgia's had that? My gosh. Well, I mean, especially Emerson for Hancock, a hitter. Yeah. Oh, for a hitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a hitter. I mean, it's Gordon. Yeah. Go back to Gordon Beckham. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Aaron Shunk was really, really good. He's probably, he was the best player in the Strickland era um, uh, as far as a hitter goes. Yeah. And he's getting ready to, you know, he's knocking on the door for the big leagues with the, uh, with the Rockies. Uh, but yeah, Condon is certainly right up there with him and just out of curiosity is the the guy from florida caglione is he is he the guy that's ahead of condon and a lot of those he's right there third or fourth he was he was right by him almost every time so and i and he's (laughs) yeah and he's a two-way player or he wants to be a two-way player right yeah he's special he's really good i think he's preseason uh, first team first baseman and like preseason second team starting pitcher and uh-huh. it, it's uh it's like why isn't Condon first team you know preseason it's like well because there's a guy huh. there that's just as you know as good as him and, and I can't wait till the Gators come to Athens but you know that's just how tough it is in the league it says a lot in leagues like Jeff Keppinger I mentioned him earlier you know he was second team all SEC because Chris Burke at Tennessee was yeah. just, you know so good so it's just sometimes it's just where you happen to be, location, and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. This league's ridiculous. There's no question about it's, it. Well, yeah. we can't wait for, for the season start. Hey, real quick before we let you go, um, I, I hate that we all of a sudden have a different feel about this men's basketball season with the struggles they've had here of, of dropping this conference record to 4-7 and seven here. Um, can, can they rebound? Can they finish strong? Is, is that, is that possible with this group? I mean, I know they've got to figure out how to avoid these pitfalls with their shooting, which seems to kill them every time, David, but boy, uh, I, I just, I hate to complain too much about this season when it has been better. And I mean, I, I like coach Crean a lot, but compared to coach Crean, uh, Mike White's John Wooden. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I guess last Wednesday was at the when they played at Mississippi State. That was, I mean, I hate to say it's kind of a clunker. Yeah. But the other games, they either had the lead or were right there and had a chance to win them. And we're talking even going back to the Tennessee game, uh, you know, going uh, on the road, you know, taking Florida to overtime. So they've got that in them. It's just been so frustrated that they haven't been able to close. And it's it's such yeah. a a fine line in the conference because and I don't have the standings in front of me, but I was looking at them earlier and it's something like, um, it's something like let's say Georgia's four and seven, as you mentioned in the conference, if they were six and five, you know, if they'd won two of those games, uh-huh. then suddenly they're like a game out of fifth uh-huh. uh, in the standings. That's just how tight it is. You know, yeah. right now they're in 11th. So there's still a chance. I, uh, my ex and I'm trying to be, at least level-headed. My expectations come in the season where hey, it'd be great if they could get to the NCAA tournament. That might be, you know, biting off a lot. Could they get to a postseason tournament? Could they get to the NIT? And I still feel like it would be a successful season if they were able to do that. They just got to find a way 
to win some of these games down the stretch. Now the schedule, you know, does have some some tough games. You, know, you got to play Florida again. Got to play Auburn twice. Mm-hmm. So there's certainly some tough games on the schedule. But the, what we've seen with them is they can play with anybody, right. and uh, they just got to got to figure out a way to finish it. And yeah. they've got some pieces there that uh, you know we can get these guys back for next year. You know, I've already signed uh, one of the top players in the country. Uh, Aza Newell, so got him coming in. So you just got to hold the fort there a little bit and, right. and, uh, and make a couple of shots and get a couple of rebounds huh. here this year and see if they can finish strong. Well, the trajectory definitely is on the upswing, which is great, but it's just been disappointing with this losing streak here, five-game losing streak that, that they've just kind of ruined their conference record, which I hate. Um Yep. And I'm like, let's stay above 500 as long as we can here with this conference record, and because it is going to be tough with the Auburn twice and Florida this weekend. They need to beat Vanderbilt and a couple of other games. Maybe they can win, but hopefully they'll somehow finish strong. But I think people are at least back interested to a certain extent about Georgia basketball, and hopefully, as you said, with more talent on the way, that will continue here with uh, with Mike White as the head coach. David Johnson's been our guest talking a little Georgia baseball and Georgia basketball. Again, you can hear David every morning on 960 The Ref in Athenstown on 960theref.com from 6 until 10 a.m. with Logan Booker on the morning show. And then, of course, don't forget, he'll be on the Georgia baseball games right here on the Superstations in Macon, Warner Robins, Fort Valley, Pinehurst, Rochelle, and Savannah. All spring long, as many games as we can get them on there, we will. We'll kind of balance it out with the Braves' preseason schedule and have some night games during the the, the week as well that we can air, and uh, we'll do the best we can to air as many Georgia games. And looking forward to the new season. And looking forward to you and Jeff doing the call once again. For we're gonna we gotta count that up to know how many. I mean, damn that that's that's like a long time. That's like. You know, not many teams last twenty five years, and y'all, and not kill each other. So I'm, I'm proud of you two. <laughs> yes, sir. first, uh, so I'll, I'll, if you got one second, if you're, sure. if you're up on a heartbreak, just let me know. But I was like, so first of all, everything you said, thank you so much. When you're rattling off all those those great Georgia towns, that makes me feel so good. I love hearing that. You know, we love all the. The baseball fans, the Georgia fans, whether it's, uh, you know, here in northeast Georgia, northwest Georgia, you know, middle Georgia, south Georgia, over on the coast, we appreciate everybody. And uh, we love to, like you said, we love to hear from people, especially on Twitter, that are listening to us and letting us know. We also love for everybody to send us photos of their dogs. And uh, that's always, that always makes us feel good. And by the way, I know not every, there's some people that, that have cats as well. We're good with that, too. I even have a cat in my household, so I get it. But the other thing, too, uh, is that, uh, and again, I'm so th- I'm thankful to, to you, Bill, for, for getting us on in, in, in all these places. Now, anytime we go somewhere, like in the SEC, we walk in a press box. It's like, man, you guys are still here? You guys are still calling the games? Like, yes, we are, and we love it. And uh, we we are certainly thankful for that, grateful that we have this opportunity. And, uh, you know, just just love it. Like you said, pitchers and catchers reporting for the Braves on Wednesday. They'll they'll be playing a game in a week and a half, a spring training game. So, I mean, this stuff is all – it's all getting started. It's It's an awesome time of year. That's why I wanted you on today to talk about it. I know Jeff will be talking a lot about it on his show and and getting ready for 
Friday's game and, and this weekend. And, yeah, next weekend the Braves start. So it's it's here. And after the Super Bowl to end, and uh, we can turn the page to another another season of baseball. And can't wait for that. And hopefully Coach Johnson will have the dogs on the ride track as well. David, thank you. We'll talk to you again during the season, of course, and look forward to the call coming up on Sunday right here on the Superstation. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bill. Great talking to you, and uh, hit me up anytime, my man. All right, will do. At D Johnston UGA on Twitter, follow David. And again, if you're going to listen to him during the season here on the Superstations, let David and Jeff know where you're listening from, and they'll shout out to you hello for sure. Next, we'll talk a little SEC football. Brent Beard from First Coast News in Jacksonville joins us. Then your phone calls, all that more right after this. 429 our time we'll start talking to you in just a little bit right now let's talk football with brent beard from first coast news at brent beard on twitter what'd you think of the super bowl last night well it was certainly entertaining in a lot of ways it um i i thought the chiefs would would win uh look i mean Holmes deserves credit, don't he, Bill? I mean, if he's got the ball in his hands uh, and they're on the last possession, I mean, he is uh, capable of getting them down there. Uh, I mean, shame that San Francisco had to lose, too. But still, um, I, I, and I think what is not given enough credit for with, with Holmes is his ability to run. Uh, I mean, I thought he had some some key runs in that game that really kept the possession alive. So um, three and three and five years is impressive. And uh, uh, boy, if you're uh, Bill, if you're Andy Reid, do you do you decide uh, it's time to uh, retire and go do? State Farm commercials, or, or do you hang in there another year or two? Well, he's already said he's coming back next year, so I guess uh, he's. I, I, I think as long as Patrick's yeah. there, it's hard yeah. for him to step yeah. away, don't you? Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. I mean, it would be. Uh, it, it'd be a. I'm not saying that program is on. Uh, is on is coasting and on co-pilot necessarily, uh, but I mean, he has done. Oh, oh. I, I don't, and I know that, and I understand that this is NFL. But Bill, will he, will he ever get the credit that he deserves for what he did at Philly and also with the Chiefs and go down? Is um, I, I mean, I don't know where he would be in the rankings uh, of all-time greats, but he's going to be in there, doesn't he? Well, he's now got two hundred and fifty-eight career. Regular season wins. He's fourth all time, and now he's got three Super Bowl championships. So that's up there with Belichick, Hallis, and yep. Shula in the top four. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, that's for certain. And um, not many people have accomplished what he's accomplished. He was in Philadelphia for 14 years before he spent the last decade with Kansas City, and you know when you win Super Bowls, that just kind of makes your makes your career complete for for sure. So we'll see um, how long he continues, but I I think it's going to keep on going for a while. I would 
Uh, I think he's in his mid-60s, so I, but I think, heck, why not? Let's keep on going with Mahomes being yeah. uh, so young that he is, for sure. So football's over, at least for now. We have only a couple of weeks until some spring football gets going for the SEC. I know you'll probably have a schedule for that coming up soon. Yeah. But what um, what is Alabama looking at for their offensive coordinator now? The guy that Kalen DeBoer brought from Washington has gone back to Washington to go to the NFL. So who are on uh, the list of candidates that we could see consider for this position? I mean, there's been a little bit mentioned about uh, more at Missouri. I mean, their Missouri's D coordinator is going to LSU, um, and there's talk about uh, Nick Sheridan, the tight ends coach, and Jamarcus Shepard, the wide receivers coach, maybe being co-offensive uh, coordinators. Uh, not necessarily sure who would call the plays, and that, and look, uh, I mean, DeBoer may be the one who'd cause plays. Uh, anyway, so um, I, I, that would probably be the easiest thing to do. I mean, he knows a lot of people, obviously, and uh, and and I mean, I think he's known this was going to happen for a, a few days and, and weeks, and and I'm sure he's got some kind of a short list to do that. But but, but I mean, Bill, that they're like everybody else. I mean, they're basically a month away from starting spring. Um, I mean, I, I mean, he's got time. They're limiting what they can do together, but uh, you you certainly want to get that going ASAP, don't you? Yep, I think you do. And I'm even surprised that he brought Grubb with him, considering that it was such a loud rumor yeah. that Seattle would be interested in him. But it will be interesting to kind of see. And of course, Kalen's an offensive coach, so he may kind of handle a lot of it himself. Um, I know we don't have divisions anymore in SEC football, but to look at the old SEC West, with what Ole Miss has done with the transfer portal on paper, especially with no Nick Saban at Alabama, is Ole Miss the favorite out of those old SEC West teams, for lack of a better phrase? Maybe. I mean, I hear, I understand what you're saying, Um I mean, with all the transfers they've gone and people coming back. That defensive line's going to be stout now. Yeah, it is. Well, Walter Nolan comes over from uh, A&M. Can yep. Pete Golding get that group together? Uh, now, I mean, obviously Alabama's got talent coming back. I mean, they also lost their their share of guys. But, uh, I mean, you, yeah, um, you could certainly make that um, – uh, statement. I, I also wonder, Bill, two things here. Uh, and again, we're just doing this in divisions like we normally would, although we know they're not there. But I think LSU's can get a lot of um, acclaim with Met, with um, uh, Mettenberger coming back. Uh, that those defensive coaches have got a lot of people's attention. Uh, Bo Davis going in there, Corey Raymond from Florida, Bo Davis from Texas, uh, and obviously in the Missouri D.C. coming over. Uh, I think they will too, but uh, I tell you who's creeping up there a little bit, it's A&M. I mean, Elko is not a uh, – look, uh, coaches get criticism, and this is silly to me, when they're kind of introverted – 
uh, Mike Elko's that way. We talked about Andy Reid a few minutes ago. I think Andy Reid's that way. Although he does a, although I give him credit for his sense of humor on the commercials. Um, uh, but sometimes when these guys don't, uh, you know, that they don't shine it from the mountaintop, they don't get the credit they probably deserve. So, uh, I, I look, I, I think Ole Miss, A&M, and LSU are going to be uh, teams to look for. I mean, my Lord, we've said for years, ain't we, Bill, if LSU ever ever cobbled together a defense with, with their offensive talent, how dangerous would they be? Well, there's no no doubt in year, year two that Brian – or three, rather, I'm sorry, that Brian Kelly is going – uh, to to be certain uh, a team to watch, I you know I, I I'm going to wait on A and M because we've heard this before. Yeah, true. You know, true. and I know it's a different coach, yeah. and but yet well, still, that's yes. another part of it. Is Elko's a first year coach, so right. I got to see it to believe it almost with A and M. To be honest Con- with you, and Connor Wheatman comes back. Yeah, uh, he's got to he, stay healthy. Yeah, have they forgotten about him, Bill? Uh, but but he is coming back. That's a good point. Uh, now, they won't have the uh, – I think they'll be good. Yeah. Um, in fact, they could be very good. And the, they've lost players, obviously, but he's brought some guys in. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with Elko and what he did with the ACC. But, Bill, can he do it in, the, in, a, no. in an upgrade in the SEC? And and what are we to expect? I know Texas is going to have a lot of light on it. Yes. Uh, yes. Again, when you have a returning quarterback, that's step number one of having a, a lot of attention on your program, just like with Georgia. Well, Carson's coming back, so there you go. And obviously Clint Ewer's coming yeah. back for Texas. But what about Oklahoma? We don't talk as much about Oklahoma, no. and obviously they had gotten a little bit better here, uh, but still, they're a little bit more of an unknown, aren't they? How have they handled they the transfer portal? They, they. Uh, I, I mean, it, I think they kind of did it very quietly. Frankly, um, I, there'll be a lot of um, uh, focus on the quarterback. But see, the problem there has been uh, they weren't as good defensively as they need to be. And you would think uh, when you've got a coaching staff that is. Uh, supposedly one of the better defensive coaching staffs anywhere, uh, that they would be better in that area. So that I think that's going to be uh, as much of a, uh, of a transition as anything else. And we we mentioned Texas. I mean, my Lord, that that September game at, at Michigan is going to be one of the uh, is going to be one of the all timers in it. building in in terms of publicity and hyperbole. Well, it will be, and, and, of course, we don't know what to think of Michigan with their new head no. coach and no. Wink Martindale coming in as their new coordinator. I mean, right. a lot of questions with that. Today, Deshaun Foster, God, we're old. Deshaun Foster is the new head yeah. coach at UCLA, yeah. which is <laughs> incredible. He seemed like he just left there running as a running back. But but but, but is that a uh, – <clears throat> Bill, look, I, I, I know they're, uh, uh, they've got the tradition and all that, but I wonder right now how good a job is that. Um, I mean, I know the environment they're in and and, and, and so forth. Kelly getting out, uh, I think probably maybe before he, they fired him, frankly. Um, uh, that's going to be a real challenge. I think USC could be rebuilt quicker uh, with that, too. And, and, uh, uh, and oh, by the way, uh, Lord of all things, you probably saw where the Gators lost their – strength and conditioning coach to Boston College 
uh, in Bill O'Brien. Uh, Bill, he, <laughs> you can imagine what this is like around here. Napier is still not bringing in an offensive coordinator. Uh, Gator fans have certainly uh, paid attention to that. They're glad he at least only has addressed the special teams, but um, I, they were also hoping that he would make some kind of announcement that there would be an offensive coordinator to take that away, to take that pressure off of him. That's not going to happen again, it looks like. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll say what I've said for 20 years, and whether it's Kalen DeBoer at Alabama or Billy Napier at Florida, I've only seen one head coach that's been able to do that effectively, yep. and it's yep. Steve Spurrier. That's right. And uh, no one else has come close to do it as successful as he has for a consistent long period of time as he did whether he's at Florida or South Carolina. And I think for Napier or if DeBoer were to go down that road, it's stupid as hell, to be honest with you. So. Well, look, maybe I know Matt Hayes and Saturday Down South wrote an article today on do players even care about who the who coordinators are. <clears throat> uh, he, he doesn't think they do. Uh, I think that may be more important than that. But Quarterbacks look, should, shouldn't they? Uh, yeah, uh, but the reality of for Florida and Napier, um, I, I mean, I know. I, look, I, I know he is a decent um, uh, play caller. I, I, I'm not going as far as saying he's an elite play caller by any means. But if you're in, if your seat's warm like his is, uh, I mean, what, I don't see any harm in bringing somebody in, Bill, and let them take over that responsibility. And just let him CEO the whole program. Yeah, that's what coaches better do, or they're going to get fired. But anyway, they have to learn the hard way, I guess. Brent Beard's been our guest at Brent Beard on Twitter. And those of you in South Georgia and Brunswick, you can watch him on Channel 12 and Channel 25, First Coast News. Brent, thank you. Always, brother. Take care. All right. We're going to take a break, come back, and we will open up the phone lines in the meantime. Love to hear your thoughts on the Super Bowl. What did you think about Kansas City winning again in the big game? You can also talk about the Atlanta Hawks, Georgia, Georgia Tech basketball. You can talk, of course, about the football items we've been discussing here. Braves baseball, plenty on the rundown for you to discuss. 478-646-ESPN. Time to talk with you. Back with more sports talk right after this. <laughs> 4.46 is the time. I was trying to look at the Weather Channel app, which has changed again over the weekend, to see if we're done with the rain. Savannah, you're getting it right now. Brunswick, you're fixing to get it. Uh, Macon's got a reprieve for right now. It's raining south of Perry and down toward Cordell and Ashburn on our I-75 station. So it has been a gully washer. Raining cats and bulldogs, that's for sure, over the last 24 hours. And my dog, Tommy John, you know, I almost added him to the transfer portal with Ricky. He's goes crazy at thunder and lightning and rain. Even when it stopped thundering and lightning last night, when it was just raining, he woke me up four times. It was ridiculous. I'm going to put a – I'm going to duct tape his mouth. This year, or tonight, rather, if that's okay. Then you're not going to 
you're not going to let me be turned into Peter, are you? I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to him. God, he was loud last night. Would not shut up. All right, to the phones we go. 478-646-ESPN. Eddie in Ackworth leads us off. Hello, sir. How are you today, Bill? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Just chuckling at your little dog story. They they drive us crazy, but we love them anyway. Oh, I love him, but damn it, he, I wanted oh, to kill him last night. Yeah, I understand. Well, Bill, what a, what a fantastic ball game! I loved every second of that football game. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining, even when it was nothing, nothing. I was like, this is a, they're just beating each other up on the defensive side of the yeah. ball. I thought it was great. Um, had everything you could ask for in that game, but. The biggest play to me, Bill, was not even a play. Uh, it was when Jared Kinlaw runs onto the field Ooh. and tears his Achilles tendon. Ugh. And how much do you think they could have used him in that overtime to stop uh, Patrick Mahomes? And you know what that was, Bill? That was Atlanta Falcons luck right there. And I'm just glad huh. it wasn't my team because that's exactly what happens to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, it was like pitiful. That. I hated to see that. But it was a survival of the fittest with those two teams. And you're talking about 75 minutes of football. And all you had to know was those two drives in overtime that took up the whole overtime period. I mean, I think they scored. If if they had not scored on the play they scored on, I'm pretty sure that clock would have just started over. And that that's crazy. It really is. And uh, they were tired. They were sluggish. They were trying to do everything they could to get through it. And it was a kind of a survival of the fittest. And you know what? You have to think that with – with San Francisco um, getting the ball first, I mean, I, I when, that, when they first said that, I'm like, oh, wow, are they really going to do that? And man, it just, uh, I don't know. It gave that Kansas City offense a little time to kind of readjust and and get ready, knowing they had to come back out there and do their thing, and they had just done it right at the end of regulation. And by gosh, they did it, didn't they? They did, and I'll go back to this, and I'm so glad he lost because of what he did to Atlanta at Kyle Shanahan. He just cannot help himself. There were several times in that game you got the best running back in the NFL, and he's out there chucking the ball around, or three and out, three and out a couple times because he's passing the ball around. The clock is stopped. And, Bill, now it comes out. He didn't instruct the team how the overtime rules work. They had no idea. Unbelievable. Talk about it. Andy Reid said they started talking about that in the preseason. Yeah. So they knew how the overtime rules work because it yeah. changes in the playoffs. I was just floored to hear a, a head coach in the NFL didn't have the preparation Awful. for that scenario. That's an Well, excuse. and like I said two hours ago, coaching matters, and that proves it. And uh, I retweeted something from someone a few moments ago or a little while ago uh, I don't know who this guy is, but he wrote, the 49ers really ran the ball one time in their first three second-half drives, all with the lead, all were three and outs, despite their best player being their running back. I have no idea how Shanahan did not learn from any of his past mistakes. Again, coaching matters. If you got a stubborn head coach, and we joked about this last week about how Shanahan was going to be aggressive, if that's his idea of aggressive, it's costing him another championship. And you know this is the third time – Second time as a head coach that he's lost a lead in the Super Bowl. Of course, he lost it seven years ago with Atlanta, lost it four years ago against the same team, Kansas City, when they were up by 10, and now he's up by 10 again yesterday and lost it. So, you know, coaching matters. And that guy, while at times a very good play caller, 
he obviously is not a very good head coach because that's what a head coach has got to do, right? Yep, exactly right. Last thing, Bill, how cool is it to see the two damn good dogs? And Chris Conley, he may have been the MVP of the game if not for what happened in overtime. That kid, without the ball, he was doing some incredible things for San Francisco. But how cool is it to see McCole Hardman? And he's been through a lot this year, drop balls, fumbles to win that game like that in a walk-off. And lastly, no, Bill, you can answer this. I know you got other things to get to. If the overtime rules were what they were back when Atlanta played New England, do you think we still lose that football game? Yes. We would have to get the ball back. Uh, we would have gotten the ball back, but I think they were so tired and so shocked. I, I just I don't think they would have won. I don't. I may be wrong. It's a good question, though, Dan, uh, Brother Eddie. I'm sorry. Now we go to Danny and Savannah. Hey, Danny. Hey, Bill, thanks for taking my call, man. Yes, sir. Uh, it's pouring like crazy right here. Mm, be uh, careful. We, uh, I would like to give a shout-out. Maybe you won't hang up on me about the uh, men's basketball team, the Gators, knocking off number 12, Auburn. Uh, yeah, y'all would, are playing well right now, coming into Athens, getting ready for a big upset. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I can hope at least, right? Yeah, I know Florida's playing. Florida's probably playing best – they have in several years, right? I mean, this is a really good run the Gators are on. It is, and I, I like to watch the uh, basketball team and the uh, Lady Gators softball, man. I love to watch their uh, softball team. Well, I'm sure that's enjoyable for you. But, yeah. Uh, well, Shanahan, man, I, all you – I mean, it's easy for me to say, but you got McCaffrey. I mean, he, when you're up 10-0, at least when you got to 10-3, McCaffrey's running the ball six yards a clip. He can't run it every down. I get that. But as long as he's running the ball, Patrick Mahomes is sitting on the sideline. Yep. I mean, right, right where you want him. I'm with you. But, yeah, you did the same thing when you were OC in Atlanta. Yep. You, you could have you run the clock down, kept uh, Brady right where he should have been on the sideline, and you give him uh, two two more touches yep. in it. It costs you. Yep, and you and you're giving your defense a rest when you're able to run the ball effectively. I was shocked in early third quarter when they had those three and outs when they were not not running the ball. And that tweet I just read was all about that. I'm like, man, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of time left. Don't get me wrong, but again, trying to give your defense as much rest as possible. You had the advantage. You had the lead. That's when you want to kind of burn the clock a little bit and let that defense because you knew the defense was still going to have to come through for you, even though you had that 10-point lead or 7-point lead. And, he, I mean, you know, stubbornness. These coaches well, – you just heard me say that about, about Billy Napier. These coaches are stubborn as hell. They need to learn how to back off and not be so stubborn. And I'm telling you, the only coach, head coach that's worth a damn at that was Steve Spurrier. We got to go, Danny. I'm sorry. I know you agree with me because you do every time. <laughs> I'm kidding. 478-646-ESPN. We're up against it. We'd love to talk to you about the Super Bowl, how stupid Kyle Shanahan is. Anything else in your mind in the world of sports? Back on the Bill Shanks Show. <laughs> 